Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl BD. It's Florence the fiance. And we are back with another episode. Yes. Um today I'm drinking. Uh and I'm drinking what is it called? It's a Spurnoff seltzer vodka and sparkling water, raspberry and rhubarb flavour. And you know, I was gonna save like me trying it till we were on air, but I tried it before and I'm not gonna lie. Is it a bit of you? It's not really a bit of me, you know, it needs some sweetness. I thought the rhubarb and raspberry was gonna give it the, the sweetness I required, but I wanted to put some juice in as well. I just couldn't bother to go downstairs. Mm. Yeah. To be I honest, think it's the vodka, you know, I'm not really a vodka babe. Oh yeah. To be honest, um Sparkling water and then alcohol. Yeah, I'm not even... a crackhead. Literally, I'm not a vodka or sparkling water babe, so I just took it because it was one of the drinks left from the Hindu, so I thought, let me just take this. Yeah. I'll drink it on the pod. How was the Hindu? It was really nice. It was really, really good. It looked good. Yeah, it was really good. Gave me better ideas for a certain somebody's... uh, Did you say four hours of fiancé? Just now? Okay. It gave me ideas for a certain somebody's um, festivities. I hope so. I hope so. It was really, really good. Hmm? It was really, really good. Yeah, I've been discussing with my sister. I mean, she hasn't been telling me, like, everything that you lot are discussing, but she asked me a few questions. She was like, um, who pays for the bachelorette? Because nobody said anything about money. <laughs> Is it not assumed that we pay? Who else will pay? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how these things work. I just felt so, I felt so like, not bad for her, but I just found it so funny because... Which sister was so, this? The younger one or the older one? Chazam. Of course, I should have known. She's she's so out of her depth, like. But she's trying. She's trying. Like when I went to yeah, her birthday, she, she um she was showing me all these um. I when I went to the thirtieth this weekend, she was like messaging me. She's like, "Oh, send me the details of this person and that person, and ask them how they did this and that." So um, I'm very proud of her. I'm very. Proud You're gonna basically end up planning it and be like, "Look here." No, do you know? <laughs> I'm really trying. To, I'm really trying not to be involved. Like only I've only spoken, responded to things like she's asked me directly. Like, "Oh, would you mm. mind this? Do you prefer this?" But she even told me like she had some vision, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna let her run with it." Because yeah, exactly. I need... Let her like give you have to. You can't micromanage, even though you're not intentionally micromanaging. You have to just be like, "Listen, don't ask me no more questions." Yeah, this this is. I, I need. need to learn. To I think do probably that. the only thing that would make sense for you to like contribute on is like the list of people that you want to meet yeah, obviously because yeah. and maybe you have you have loads of random not random friends that's disrespectful but you have loads of like friends that are not connected to other friends mm. so it'd be a shame that maybe we're not aware of certain people and they or they're not come. at the forefront of our mind and then they're not included that would be quite sad so yeah definitely and um yeah she um no she, i'm gonna let her do it i need to learn to let things go and yeah like, i've also decided that like sometimes when you just let things go and you let people do what they want to do for you, let like, go and let you God. can be pre- pleasantly surprised exactly so um, and you realize how much your people actually know you yeah literally so i'm just i'm letting it go but the only things i've commented on and what she's asked me i haven't even like pre-ed the group chat on her phone so Wow, I should have known that. I should have known that. No, that I haven't done it and I will do it. I mean, yeah, but the fact that you've thought to do it and then not done it means that it's, in your, it's entered your mind. <laughs> it, and therein lies the problem. I would do it, I would do it. But um, yeah, I say all this to say, you lot should um, work with my man on my 30th as well. If you mess with my man, if you mess with I'm a feeling woman, what do you say? Yeah, work with him for my 30th. Yeah, when are you saying like two years, no? And literally, and other. You even have. Do you know how many of your life events we have to endure before the thirtieth? 
I feel peak. Like I feel bad for myself and others because I have a lot of life events like that are going to be like by That's God's what I'm grace. Saying. And you're talking about your thirtieth between now and even no, this time next year. No, literally between now and then, I just have the wedding and the bridal shower. You said just okay, yeah. Um, and it's peak because like literally the year after we get married, I turn thirty. Mm. So his pockets are going to be finished. That's then the year after problem. that, he turns 40. And, like, by the grace of God, I should be, like, in some stage of pregnancy. So, fam, so you're not basically So, basically, what I'm hearing is that you're year not after on a girl's... Year. Well, no, what I'm hearing is you're not on a girl's trip for the next five to ten years. Because no, you'll be no, nursing your, your children. Last, probably. No, I, I, I'm joking. I've told him that that's not something I'm giving up, so... Okay. I will, unless like I'm literally like lactating. Then I don't care. You can bring bring the kid. Well, don't bring the kid. Yeah, actually. no, no. <laughs> don't bring no bitch. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna be my life. Literally, it's so crazy. Bridal shower, wedding, thirty, forty, baby shower, kid, chill. Baby How shower, see? Kid. I don't even have time for my own lap events because I need to be prepared and, in and financially that, stable other for people... yours. Are getting gonna have those. No, I just want to say to all my friends: only one person can marry every year <laughs> okay. because I cannot afford it, nor can I get the time off. So I actually feel like the rest of you are all gonna get married in like within the space of like two years. And it might not be expensive for you lots, so it's fine. So shall we start the pods? All right, guys. Um, shall we get into the episode? We should, and I think the reason there's been so much preamble is because what we're about to enter is wild. It is heavy. There's going to be no more laughter from this point onwards. Heavy. We haven't. We should do an, um, a credits episode just on Dream Girls, but you haven't watched it. We have this conversation at least once a month. I just re- realized. No, because I have watched it. We okay. literally. This is not the first time, nor is it the second time that we've the, had this was, conversation. The point on the you podcast. said to me you hadn't watched it. There's something you said you hadn't watched. I was shocked, and I was sure it was Dream Harry Girls. Potter. No, I'm not shocked by Harry Potter. I know you're one of my never watched Harry Potter friends. I have seen Dream Girls. I saw Greece? it in the cinema. No Titanic. That's the one. We should have a Dream Girls themed credits episode. I don't know that anyone wants to it's listen such, to us. It's such a big part of my life. I'm so surprised that oh, like, every time I drink this thing, yeah, I forget like how bitter it tastes, <laughs> and then I'm reminded again, and then I forget, and then I drink it again. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's such a big part of my life. Oh, dream girls, yeah. yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Um, So, like we said last week, we are doing Tell Me Who I Am. And we've actually mm-hmm. both watched this documentary before. Yeah. Um, But it was such a while ago, I can't even remember some of the I stuff we discussed. I watched it last year. I remember it being last year. It was during the pandemic. Because I remember where I was and that place. I was it only was there longer ago. But yeah, for me, anyway. I can't remember what we discussed because I remember you told me to watch it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, my day. Do you know what it is? It's like even this documentary is such a good documentary. Like it's yeah. done so well. Like I wouldn't change a thing. Like I, I would I still would. recommend, I still recommend watching this documentary even yeah. after listening to this because it's just yeah. so well done. And even after having watched the documentary and knowing what was going to happen, it was still very much like, oh my goodness, like my heart was still doing blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, it was, it was very well. Uh written it was very well presented so the documentary opens up in a hospital and we're in 1982 
And we don't know anyone's name right now, but one of the talking heads just basically says he woke up in a hospital and like he had no clue where he was um, and he recognised somebody near the bed called Marcus and he literally just reaches out to or calls out to this guy and he's like, Marcus, like, where am I? Um, and then we see the Marcus and he's like, yeah, like he he looked like just narrating his view of how that day went and how like the person in the bed looked confused and didn't know where they were. And Marcus is a ting. I just want to get agree. that out of like the way he, he has like Gary, Gary Lineker vibes like he's very he's like much salt and pepper zaddy like yeah but I, yeah I would say he's buffer than Gary Lynn's I yeah yeah, yeah he is he is he is but like this these are the kind of sugar daddies I'm talking about like yeah. I'm talking about sugar daddies um so our talking care says he doesn't remember anyone but his twin which was Marcus and mm. it's so weird like they're identical twins but it's the beard. It seems like God only favoured one. It's the beard, it's the beard, and also it's because Marcus has a bit more weight to him. Do you think that, I think it, so. That definitely factors in, he's fuller, like, he, he's thicker, like, he look. he just, I don't know what it is, but Marcus, Oof. it's the beard, it's the thick, he's just a bit, mm. uh, And it's so crazy, daddy. and it's like, literally like a, a controlled, if you can't, daddy. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, um, okay, let me not say God only favoured one, I'd say... In fact, if anyone favoured one, if God favoured one the most, it was definitely the other one, because yeah, he's still that's here, true. first of all. <laughs> that's true. Um... So basically, we don't know exactly what led to this, but it's obvious this guy's had some sort of accident. And basically, they're saying that the accident caused him brain damage, which led to him being in a coma. And then when he woke up from a coma, he basically had like memory loss. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we learned that the one who had the accident's name is Alex. So they're twins and they're Alex and Marcus. And I think the documentary like is set up in like a really good way. So like act one is like, Alex and mm. Alex is the one like Florence just said is the one who had the accident so like this is from what I underst- understood from it was like from his point of view yeah yeah it is right and then yeah um so he goes back home and obviously understandably there's a lot of confusion because he literally doesn't know where he is who the people are he's in an environment where he doesn't recognize and he has absolutely no memory of who he is and I just find that so crazy like you walk into somewhere that's been your home and you have no and no idea. For people who have that memory loss, I always wonder, so what is your brain processing? Like, in your mind, where do you come from? And what is so your history? And as well, because it's like, even if you go to a new place, like, say I go to a new place now, like a new house, right? Mm. I still have the memory of my old house mm-hmm. to compare with this new place in order to recognise that this is not my house. Mm-hmm. So for you to have nothing, it's like you're a baby, but then when you're a baby, like you build up on, like, every day you learn something new, like, you, you're you building upon the memories that you've had from before. Yeah. And then you get to however old he was, what, 18, and, like, you have all of these memories in the bank that help you to understand things, make decisions, feel things. Mm-hmm. But, like, now you're 18 and you have nothing. Nada. That is so wild. Like, I can't crazy. even imagine what that is like. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. I don't know, like, but he was just saying that in his mind it's just blank. I can't even have it. Yeah, I wish be. my mind could be blank for one like fucking second. Yeah. Like, I just wish I could open. switch it off, but no. Um, so, yeah, basically, we now hear a bit about their father, and his father ba- never really came to the hospital. He was very emotionally distant. Um, and the mother could not comprehend that her son did not know who she was. So her method of coping was pretending everything was okay she didn't really want to address it or believe it and she kind of operated as if Alex still had all his memories Mm -hmm. so 
he literally has no one that understands where he's come from. He has no support in rehabilitation other than his twin brother. So Marcus goes on to teach um, Alex everything he knows um, or he needs to know to function, teaches him how to ride a bike, teaches him how to like eat, what to eat, what yeah, he likes, everything. what he doesn't How to like. tie his shoelaces, everything. everything. And Alex says that from what he could understand, like coming into this home as a new person, like his mother seemed to be the centre of the universe. Like mm-hmm. she was like the like centre of everything that happened in the house. She was larger than life. She was gregarious. She was loud. Like for all intents and purposes, she seemed like a cool woman to be around. So... Alex is basically telling us that as he's, you know, learning things, a lot of his points of reference come from TV and his impressions of what a family should be like or what he saw on TV. So, like, he was talking about how he saw this, like, Bisto ad and they were having roast dinner and he just assumed that that's what families were like. So, in his mind, that's what his family was mm-hmm. like. Even if they weren't necessarily always doing those things, that's family. So, he starts wanting to learn more about their childhood so he can piece together the memories lost and Marcus is showing him old pictures and basically telling them, yeah, like him, yeah, we went on holiday. But it was done in a way that like Alex would ask the question, like, oh, did we ever go on holiday? And Marcus would be like, yeah, we did. And he'd show him a picture of them on holiday. You know, did we do this? He'd show him a picture of, yeah, like we did do this. But there wasn't a massive amount of detail. And because yeah, there was no context, literally. And because marcus was alex's only reference point it's literally like when you're born as a baby your parents are your only reference point of the truth Mm -hmm. everything they say to you like this is why a lot of people that come from african um, homes grow up like i guess let me not say that but yeah they're your point of truth and their point of reference and then yeah. as like you get, your parents just tell you that you were born one day and then and you go you around your whole it. life saying this Literally. is my birthday how you know <laughs> how you know and they tell you like this is how you are meant to live life and that's what you know until you're able to grow and explore yeah. and meet other people and you find your own way um so alex says the life that marcus showed me that i had and painted for me was that we were a fairly privileged family in the home counties with perfectly normal parents you know, dinner parties around the house and everything looked good. He painted an idyllic picture. And it's not a bad life to wake up, like, into, I suppose, from that perspective. So we learn a bit more about the home dynamics. Um, they weren't allowed upstairs, which is weird. Very they were not given a front door key. They didn't eat with their parents and they slept in the shed from age 14. And, I mean, they say shed... But it wasn't really a shed. It was more yeah. like, it was like an outhouse. It it was still a yeah. comfortable, like, it wasn't like they were literally in the shed, like Harry Potter was under the cupboard. But. Yeah, I don't get all them references. But yeah, basically, they even say that they kind of prefer the shed yeah. because it's their their space. Yeah. And I guess being in a house where, like, you you have restricted access is so strange. Like, do you even really feel at home? Do you know Literally, what I mean? Like, so you might as well be in the shed. You might as well be in the shed, yeah. <laughs> and, like, their parents had a very weird marriage. They lived... One parent lived at one side of the... One wing, they say, of the house. The other one lived in the other wing. They barely interacted. But it's weird because you see all these pictures of the parents, like, hugging and at at parties these, like, looking aristocratic happy. aristocratic parties yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. So speaking of aristocrats... Mm, it, let's get into it. Just get into it. So we learned that the parents came from an aristocratic background and the home was always filled with, like, sirs and ladies and duchesses and dukes and 
it was very like normal for Alex because this was literally like all that he knew. So he just felt everybody lived this life. Everybody yeah. had these parties. Everyone's family was larger than life. Um, so Alex kind of picks up that his dad has a temper. Um, he's not the most pleasant person to be around. He's a weird and guy. literally the idea was just whatever dad says, just stay out of it. Don't get involved. Keep your head down and, you know, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So their dad is dying of cancer and he calls them into the office and he basically wants to apologise for everything he's done and he asks for forgiveness. And, okay, there's a lot of stuff this documentary left out that I did personal research on. Okay, found. personal so research. I'll discuss this after and plug in some of the gaps because when you're just watching it, some of the context doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. So Thank you for that. Marcus refuses like to forgive his dad and Alex is like yeah like he's got a bit of a temper but it's not that deep like yeah problem, it's a bit, this guy's about to die literally you forgive him like what that's weird like what is it like it's exactly. not that deep so Alex is really shocked that Marcus doesn't forgive the dad and he's basically like saying that you know he was really surprised and um he went on to ask Alex Marcus why he didn't forgive the dad and at this point, he starts to kind of learn that, like, or feel more like he had a feeling that everything in the family is not the way Marcus, you Has know, told him exactly. So, also the way this documentary works is like it jumps. So Marcus and Alex are in this, I guess, almost rec- recording studio. They're yeah, in separate set. places, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes we see Alex talking, other times we see Marcus talking, and then there are little flashbacks in between. So. Mm-hmm we see flashbacks of like well quote-unquote flashbacks with actors of them talking and there are loads of family pictures as well and also these boys were tings when they were younger oh yeah they were both tings, like yeah. if they had you know moved they to gave me, me yeah had it yeah, yeah 100%. they gave me very much like north london white boy hybrid kind of vibes literally like, them same kind of vibes. vibes like if yeah, they had yeah. moved to me i would have had it 10 times over yep, they were definitely. buff yep Yep, agreed. Buff. And the thing is, they looked a lot more similar back in the day when they were yeah. younger. Yeah, and they were normal. They looked, like they were normal. Yeah, they, they were. They were like definitely the identical. Yeah. They were like you couldn't tell them apart. Yeah. Um, and then I guess as time went by and life went on and stuff, Marcus picked up a bit of weight. He grew the yeah. beard, salt and pepper. Was and, like, mm, mm, gonna be mm. zaddy. I always That's wondered, right. like, if I had a twin, what would I? What would it be like if she was super like slim? I would I'm love to be here, a twin. Like, plopping along. I would love to be a twin. But if I was gonna be a twin, I'd want to be identical. No, I wouldn't want to be a twin. Oh, I mean, no. I used to want to be a twin because I was like, oh, I wish I had well, some all my secrets. Of, yeah, literally, that was yeah, the basis of me wanting to be a twin. Same. But then I was like, no. no yeah, I'm happy no. that I'm not, but it would be nice for like, you know, just try it out a bit. Yeah, see? but then like, you'd have to share your birthday. You'd automatically have to share yeah, your Yeah, for parents. you, it's very off-brand. I wouldn't mind sharing a birthday. I really am Mariah Carey, but like, just without the singing voice. I think you if we ever met, me. we would be... I think she's like my secret mother or something. Yeah, I don't think no, I don't think you'd get on because you'd both have the same energy of like even mm. aesthetically, like you know aesthetically like what? I know we don't look exactly the same, but like So what is the aesthetic? Like we have the same concept. Yeah, your brand is very similar. No, I'm talking about like physically. Not well oh. she's she's a slim bit but yeah, no, actually we're the same concept physically. Light skin, you know, I do the blonde wig occasionally, big boobs, not much in the back. Like, so I should then say that you and Wendy Williams are no, because Wendy, no, blonde hair, big boobs. She's not, she's not like me and Mariah actually, like, shade wise, are probably quite similar. Like, I feel like we could wear the same, therein lies the distinction, yeah. 
and she's okay, got like continue. cheeks too and I've got cheeks <laughs> so that's my okay sis <laughs> yeah um so Alex is saying like he basically felt that like when his dad died like it would mean the rules would ease because it seems like the dad was the one yeah that was... it's like almost if, like he's the dictator yeah it's kind of like reason. when the cat goes out the mice come out to play right um and now the cat's dead he's dead he dead that tom is dead amen but jerry is still in hiding because nothing changed so the dad died but the mum was still maintained it, it even seemed like the rules got worse basically yeah which should have made you think that like oh okay maybe the dad wasn't as um you know no, involved or responsible for, for the rules the issues yeah yeah so five years later their mother dies um and ha- Alex is heartbroken and he's crying for days but Marcus shows no emotion so again Alex is like as in none as in like he, Alex says I, I wasn't sad and I didn't feel guilty about not being sad like yeah. I just didn't feel anything yeah and which is like again, apathy is so much worse than hate mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you don't feel a thing literally I don't feel anything either way yeah. And I guess Alex is like, again, something isn't right. Like, this is weird, yeah. Can I just say, I love how they address each other. Like, Marcus calls Alex Ali. Yeah. And then Alex called Marcus Marky. It's so cute. That's what I'm saying about twins. I feel like when, you know, when it's like good and there's not like an evil twin and a good twin, yeah. it's just like, it must just be an unexplainable bond that it's you have with crazy. somebody. Because even remember that episode that we did, Three Identical Strangers? I don't remember what which number episode, but we did mm. it earlier on. Mm. Um it's like they, there was a bit where they were talking about how when they were separated at birth, like each of them in their separate homes would like bang their heads against mm. the wall during the night because you've been in the womb for nine months with these two other babies. In real life, you're like, you're with these two other babies. And then like for you to be without those two other babies, like your body's like, what is this? Like, yeah, what is this feeling of alone? We shared a space. Yeah, yeah like, I've not been alone ever. Mm. Like, it's so true. It's that must so be some true. crazy bond. All those like multiple births. Literally people. crazy. But we'll post a picture of these guys, actually. I just remembered that we will post oh a picture. Oh, my gosh, yeah, so. we'll do one, and then we'll swipe to... We'll do Marcus, and then swipe to Alex, and then you guys can see who's who's a bit of you. Mm. But it's definitely mm. Marcus for me, man. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I've seen him so vulnerable as well. I was just like, oh, oh God. I'm so sad this literally... happened to you. But, like, the fact that you, like, can cry... I was a tsunami. I know the bar's in hell, but still, like, I know the fact that you can cry is like, you know what, babes? Tsunami! Come, come, let me hug you. Oh, my God. Tsunami. How did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> So, um, basically, the two boys go back to the house and they start clearing things up. And by the way, by the time their mum had died, I believe they were now, like, 32, from my yeah, understanding. So, mm. Alex had this accident at 18. You'll mm. do the math, but 18 to 32 is a long amount of time. Yep. And that's how many years he was living... I wouldn't say a lie, but... It was a lie. A fantasy. Yeah. It wasn't a lie because it was an omission of truth. He didn't paint an something that... truth is a lie. No. Because I can tell you, I can t- you can come to my shop to be like to me, oh, is this a green cup? And I'll be like to you, yes, yeah, a green cup because it's painted green. But you're looking for a green cup that was made green. And I just didn't tell you it was painted. You an example. I'm going to give you an example. Mm-hmm. Your man tells you that he's out, yeah? And you say, oh, who are you out with? Oh, the boys. But he doesn't include that he's also out with his ex. Mm-hmm. That is an omission. Is that not also a lie? No, I still don't think it's a lie. You thought you were going to get me with that cheeseration. No, 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 honestly. I just, just that, that's made, that just made more sense to me than like, a green if cup. I ask, <laughs> if I ask you, are you with your ex? And you tell me, no, you're with your boys. You just didn't mention it. But an omission of the truth is it's like, deceitful. it's like, it's like, it, yeah, it is deceitful. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's but very I don't deceitful. think it's a lie. 
So okay. I don't think he was living a lie. Okay, I just Joya. think there were Either aspects... way, it's deceitful. And a lie is also deceitful. Yeah, no, deceitful. no, it's deceitful. But I just think there were aspects of his childhood that were left out. But it's not like Marcus painted... It's not like he said, oh, like, my our mother was, like, the secret Princess Diana. Yeah, like, no, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But I still... If it were me, and it was my life, and it was like, you didn't... You left out... It's not like he left out, oh, the cup was green. Like, he left out major chunks of his life. Like, Anyways, he we'll get into our thoughts on that later. So they... they Go and they find, like, loads... And this is another thing that, like, they mention, and you're like, what the fuck? But it's actually extremely relevant, and I'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. But they go to clear this house out, and they find lots of hidden money, like, sewn into curtains, mm-hmm. like, hidden in random places. And do you know what, yeah? I was listening to this podcast. It's called Mums and Murder. And the last episode is about this woman whose husband is, like, crazy rich. And then he dies, and, like, she has, like, this mental breakdown and, like, starts feeling like she's talking to God and stuff like that. And then she suddenly just wakes up and she's like, yeah, like, I need to get all of my money out of the bank. So oh, we're I talking to this one. Did you listen to this? Mum's a murder. Yeah, I do listen to it. I mean, I complain about it because they annoy me, but I still listen to it because the case is oh. all good. So I, listen, I actually listen to this episode. Yeah, so she gets all this money out and she hides it around her house. And, like, people rob her. And I was literally sitting in the car and I was like... I think I would rob her. If I knew, I would actually rob her because she had... People had been robbing her and she wouldn't, she, she wouldn't report she wasn't to the reporting, And it's not even because she wasn't reporting. It's because she had, like, I think it was the equivalent of, like, nine million. Nobody really knows how much she had in the house in all these random places. And she was a hoarder. So it wasn't even, like, her house it was, like, clean and clear and you... Like, she was a hoarder. So... She is it really going to be a mess? remember where the money is, yeah. Literally, if I go and take one toolbox full of... I don't know, fifty hundred thousand, like fifty hundred, five hundred thousand, like that's <laughs> gonna change my life. But it's no skin off your teeth, like. And the thing is, back then it was fine because you still pay for stuff in cash. If that were to happen now, like now I've got to find ways to clean the money. How do I get it? Literally, to How do I? It's, it's stress. Now but I'm doing then, Grace and Frankie opening a bruh. confectionery stand. But back then it was actually just like, calm vibes. Calm. Like, I was actually yeah. thinking about. I was like, morally, yeah, whatever, say what you want, but I would actually have robbed her if. And I literally am the least <laughs> criminal, like, criminally whatever person. That's what the criminals say. Genuinely, I live on the straight and narrow, but I genuinely think I would have robbed her because what the fuck? Like, if I knew there was a hoarding woman down my road that was, like, considered the quote-unquote town crazy and she had all this money in her house and she didn't even know when people were robbing her and she didn't care to <laughs> put... Child, I'm slipping all the way in, like, leave the door open, no Bruno Mars. So, um... She, they find all this money dotted around, whatever. And then it's really strange. And again, this is why I was like, what the fuck? Like, something is missing from this documentary. They go to the attic and they find all these presents from, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, from when they were kids. Presents from aunties, uncles, godparents, grandparents. All of these stuff, like, upstairs. And then, like, Marcus was saying I remember that, they weren't allowed to go upstairs ever. Literally. And Marcus was basically saying that, like, yeah, when he was a kid and when they were kids and they were growing up they they went christmases and birthdays without gifts so it was it was very strange that their mum had all these gifts upstairs so, so why were you hiding them mm-hmm. again we'll discuss this later so alex is really confused and he's like mm, i kind of just feel like i don't know my mum. like what the fuck is going on and then and now she's this, dead so you and can't, now she's dead. You can't even ask and then they're clearing this cupboard and it's full of sex toys and again he like he's shocked but marcus kind of just brushes it over like he's, he's like, like oh yeah yeah we have things to do oh, yeah, listen, let's away. Be, come and be going like yeah um so as they're carrying up alex finds this like locked cupboard in her cupboard right it's kind of like the lion witch in the wardrobe there was a cupboard <laughs> honestly in the cupboard it literally that required a special key 
And then he opened it, and then in it, there was literally just this random picture face down. So just one, picture. just one picture face down. Literally in this locked up, cupboard. Locked cupboard. He picks up the picture up, and he turns around, and it's a picture of him and Marcus naked at, like, 10 years old, and their heads have been cut off. So he's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And he literally is like, yeah, Marcus, will be abused? And he was like, yeah, we were. But I was kind of like, I found it crazy that he saw that picture. And unless there was more to the picture that he didn't tell us, like if they were in a compromising position, but I'm not even going to lie. I think there's a naked picture of each and every one of us. In this house. I I was like... Oh, as babies, not as adults. Because in the picture, from what we can see, we don't see it properly, but it's kind of like they've got their their arms around each other. Like, you know, when you're standing side by side with someone. Yeah, naked, yeah. It was like that. So when I saw it, like, my mind didn't jump... When I first read it, my mind didn't jump jump to sexual abuse. Mm. Um, It was just kind of like, oh, that's fucking weird. Like, why have you cut... It was off. the head cut off that I was yeah. like, this is weird. Was, I didn't weird. find the, the picture weird. Like, there's literally yeah, this picture. Yeah, it's naked children. Like, it was, they're children, they're naked. It's not sexual. Do you know what I mean? Literally, there's literally this picture we so have weird. of, like, Chazam. And she's lying. She's sitting in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, naked. She was, like, a baby. She must have been, like, maybe two. And she's, like, chubby and worn. And she's sitting in the bucket. Yeah. And, like, I remember when they went to get it printed, like, one of our aunties who was, at the time, like, very... I guess, I don't know if progressive is the right word, but she's she's still progressive, one of the most... And she was like, you guys should not have gotten that picture printed. Like, they're weirdos that work at these places. But either way, the point is just, like, I have a picture also where my mum's carrying me and I'm, like, absolutely naked and I was a baby. Like, I feel like everybody has those, like, naked baby pictures. So that I mean, picture not so much sister, now, but, yeah. yeah. But that, that picture of your sister... It, it it's just like a cute like little baby picture, but if the head was cut off, that's the weird thing. It would be like, like this is weird, but I still wouldn't think. Oh, Sexual this means abuse. that I was abused. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So, like, so yes, yeah, so I get what you mean. They're probably like what what there what was led more you to, to believe, the picture yeah. then, and maybe they didn't want to go into to, details. To, yeah, maybe there were other things. It was like two plus two now makes four. Now makes four literally because that naked baby picture is a very common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marcus, we're now at the Marcus scene. We figured out. So Alex has figured out that he has been abused, and now we switch to Marcus. Marcus and we yeah, hear so that was like act two, and then it's yeah. like Marcus's point of view. Yeah, and it's Marcus. Yeah, like I said, Marcus's point of view. So Marcus basically says from day one he did um, paint a fake picture for Alex that they had a nice, nice house, their parents were decent, and a normal childhood. And he felt that Mark Alex's memory loss was a chance to give him a normal childhood. Like he gave him happy memories. He tried not to make anything up. He just left things out. So basically, what he was saying was like, okay, Marcus, Alex, story would ask him did we go on holiday as a kid? And he'd find a picture of them on holiday. But it wasn't a family holiday, like, yeah, mummy, daddy, and us. It was them on holiday with somebody else's family because their parents Mm. were fucking shit. So they weren't taking them anywhere. And it's like, I don't need to sit here and tell you, yeah, like, our parents are fucking shit. I just need to tell you, yeah, as kids, we went on holiday and that was a mm-hmm. good time. Who we went with doesn't matter. The fact yeah, exactly. We and then and then he would take that and then other pieces of, oh, I watched this on TV, family's gone on holiday. Yeah, and in so his he mind, had, he would start painting, painting a picture, picture himself. Of, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I saw this thing, there was one time ages ago, and it was kind of like, they would show, it's so random, it's like, it's like a game show. And they basically would show, like, contestants, like, pictures of them as a child mm. in, like, situations. Like, maybe they'd have a picture of them in Butlins or something and be like, oh, tell me the story about this day as a kid and and it was like oh it was a study and it basically was saying how like if you give people like a picture even if it was fabricated they would come up with a story about what happened that day yeah. whether whether it was true or not because yeah. a lot of the pictures they would just like photoshop them yeah and gave it to them and they would come up with oh yeah that was the day that i went to whatever whatever so it's a similar thing minus the you know 
the Photoshop. It was just like, this is a real picture that we, we did go to, I don't know, Butlins or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, um, Alex is thinking, yeah, cool, we probably went with our parents because people go on holiday with their parents. Yeah, and Alex, Marcus didn't then say, oh, yeah, we went with the Johnsons yeah. because our parents hate us. Yeah, literally. And I think that's the case. And I mean, yeah, people have different opinions on that, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. So um, Marcus says... I was lying to my best friend, my partner, my other half, every single day. And the guilt of doing that is so big. But telling him the truth was a thousand times worse than telling him a lie. So I was damned if I did and I was damned if I didn't. And at this point, we still don't know what the ultimate truth is. Yeah, we've been told they were sexually abused, but, like... And bearing in mind, in the documentary, we're, like, halfway through at this point. Yeah. So in your head, you're, like... So the first time you hear the abuse, you're, like, oh, my God, like, that's so sad. But then just still, like, half the documentary left, you're, like, oh, my God, what more? Like, how much worse can it get? Can it get, yeah. Um, Yeah, so because of this, Marcus chose to never tell his brother about his childhood. Um, So... Kind of, we learn a bit more um, about the abuse. So we learned that they were abused till about age 14. And Marcus just felt this wasn't the information he needed to give his confused brother. And he wanted his brother, he would have wanted his brother to do the same. Like, he just felt that not carrying this shit feeling was a gift. And I think looking at it, like, in that light, like, imagine you come back, your brother's already emotionally, like, disturbed because... He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't understand his life. He's trying to, like, relearn certain things, like, basic, like, riding a bike and stuff. Like, and this is now, like, permanent memory loss. It's not like one day he's going to wake up and suddenly remember everything. Or even if he will, you don't know how far into the future or how near. Is that really the time to come and be like, yeah, by the way, this woman we now live with used to, like, do some weird shit with us? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, for me... Would you want to know? I'm going to answer that later. I'm going to answer it later. I feel like people should have a full picture of what happened before we discuss that. Okay. So Marcus says he was in so much pain that, like, he then needed to start believing this reality that he'd created for Alex. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense because it's like, this is my twin, this is the person I do life with, this is my everything, like, we are partners in this life. So if he now has this new reality, by virtue of being his twin and his other half... He too had the same childhood. Yeah, so he was able to, like... And he said it was freeing for him because suddenly he wasn't that kid that was abused. He was just this normal guy that had a nice childhood and a twin. So Alex says he cried for days after, you know, the confirmation that their mother was abusing him. A paedophile. Literally a paedophile. And, um, yeah, Marcus just shuts down, you know. He confirms that their father did not abuse them and didn't know their mother was abusive. Abusive. (laughs) but one thing I found really annoying and I jotted it down here is like they keep well Alex especially keeps calling their mum mummy mummy and there's nothing wrong calling your mum I still call my mum and dad mummy and daddy like there's nothing wrong with that but I feel like and maybe it's me or a mental thing I feel like mummy is such a term of endearment like I call my mother mummy because she's a mummy like I have that relationship and my dad but like why like I just found it weird that you'd still call your mum who like literally was a paedophile and abused you mummy but like, then I'd also bear like, in mind mother. he has no recollection of that happening while he was building up Marcus the relationship does the same. 
while he was mm-hmm. building up the relationship to call no he no marcus says mother a no lot he more. says mummy at the oh maybe he says mother at the long he says mother because i remember thinking mother who calls them my mother <laughs> but i guess if you're an aristocrat then you do mm. But it's like, and what's his name? Alex is just catching up on the fact that he was abused. So he's not all of a sudden going to be like, right, okay, vocabulary, X out, mummy. <laughs> it's just, it's just weird and it's creepy to hear. Oh, because he's an old man. Well, he's not an old man. Well, they're fifty four now, so. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. Even, it's yeah. So, Alex basically tells us that yeah, he was hurt by the abuse, but he felt angry and betrayed, like by the fact that Marcus had told him this. And basically, Marcus went into shutdown. He wouldn't answer any more questions. He wouldn't give details. Like and. It's understandable because for him to have those conversations, he's reliving it himself. And this is stuff he probably... It's also trauma that he's experiencing. Exactly, to function. So Alex decides to start doing some digging on his own. And he says he finds letters from different men who were, like, obsessed with her, like some really famous, like, um, people in the army and stuff like that. And he was like, it was very obvious that sex was like a huge part of her life. And again, I just wish this documentary went into more detail because they say that and then it's like, okay, in what, like... Yeah, in what way? Mm-hmm. So um, he then becomes depressed because he feels like after doing all this digging and learning a few things, he feels like the life he lived was a lie. He doesn't know the truth. He's been trying to rebuild and like he's been rebuilding on a lie. So he falls into deep depression. And we learn that what saves him from this depression was, like, he met his wife, he had kids, and he lived, like, you know, a decent life with her, and so did Marcus. So they're both Mm. doing life, and it's so weird. Like, the chronology is they find out, well, he finds out about this, asks Marcus for some information. They, like, he refuses to give him the information. He does some digging, finds out, like, weird shit about his mum, but not really everything he needs to know. He still doesn't know what he wants to know from Marcus. Mm -hmm. Mm Because only Marcus can give him that. Literally, and Marcus will not tell them. Tell him, sorry. And, like, we're back in present day, and we learned that, like, just, like, despite this elephant in the room, these two are still so extremely close. Like, they do everything together. They have mm. businesses together. They do all sorts of stuff together. Yeah, they wrote a book together. They wrote a book together. And too. even in the book, Marcus was still shut off. Like, he wouldn't go into detail. And I'd be interesting to read that book because I'd want to know what the book then is about if he doesn't go into, like... Well, I mean, booth. I think it's literally up to about 40, 45 minutes into this documentary. It's the fact that... <clears throat> You, you know, had an accident, lost your memory. I was there for you, you were there for me. And then finally we were abused. And then the end. Yeah. Because it does seem like the the documentary is like an extension of yeah. the book. Yeah, that's true. Of what I, well, what I would think the book would be about. I've not read it. Yeah. So um, they've been sitting in separate rooms at this time filming. And we're back in the studio, obviously. And then they come together because the idea now is that, okay, finally, Marcus needs to open up. He needs to talk. He needs to reveal all. Yeah, this is act three. Yeah. And it's very sad to watch them because these men are in pain. Like, Marcus is basically explaining to Alex why he couldn't open up. And Alex is basically explaining to him why he needs Marcus to open up. So Marcus is like, you listen, bro, like, I've recorded this and... I can't sit here and face you, like, face-to-face and have this conversation, but I recorded it. You can watch it. So we see, like, one of the producers give um, Alex a laptop and headphones. Marcus walks away, and we watch him discuss the abuse. And basically, he says that his mum would bring them into bed and make them touch each other 
touch her oh yeah trigger warning guys I say this after i'd started so they she'd make them touch each other touch her like she would do like sexual acts to them and make them do mm-hmm. sexual acts on her and it's just stuff that like a mother should never do and, and then, that no one should do to a kid like literally let alone your mother literally and then when that wasn't enough gratification for her she decided like she'd start passing them around to her friends and so, so this is like where this is the like, worst like everything everything is shit like everything from when you find out that they get abused it's like rah this mm, is shit mm. and then like to hear okay cool your mum is abused that is shit and then to hear that your mum is passing you around fam what it's crazy what's the so, meaning of that so literally she would drive to london and then she'd have dinner and drinks with like this person whoever it These was aristocratic friends and that. literally and then she'd drop them off for the night she would leave them there so she'd, she'd bring them with with her and then she would them. have dinner with them and then just go and just leave them leave them and the thing is that what she did as well that was really um evil was she would separate them so it wasn't like they would be at the same house it wasn't even like they'd go at the same at the, the same, same days mm-hmm. so sometimes alex would be in bed and marcus would be taken or marcus would be in bed and alex would be taken mm-hmm. and it was that separating them was to um show them that she had power over them because they were twins they drew support from each other and strength so in separating them you're leaving one by themselves and literally oh, I, I, I thought it was more because it's like oh like they just wanted the one or like it's easy, no. like isn't you kind of get like it's like this is gonna it's like you can always like alternate between the two do you know what i mean like you can have one where it's like i can talk to you here and then the other one goes and then it's like but she would never I mean? do it on the same day. So that's why, it, for me, yeah, I feel because like... Yeah, because she would go... It's like she's only going to be at one house at, at one time, right? But she would, it's not like she, she could drive from one house to the other. I definitely think it was a power play. Because right. when you know that person is your... That person's source of strength, if you separate them to deal with yeah, the abuse... I don't think she even cared for them enough to even think that deeply. I think she was just, like, a sexual deviant. Mm. I don't know, no. When I tell you some of the other stuff, you'll understand what I mean. Okay, let's get to the end then. You keep saying at the end, at the end. Let's get to the end then. Ah. Um, so Alex is like, how did we ever like escape this horror? And then Marcus was like, yeah, basically, the last time this happened was his mum drove him to London and it was a famous artist's house. And his mum had dinner, drank and left. And Same thing. Same, same, same thing. And she was meant to pick him up in the morning. So the guy came into the room... He's 14 at this time. Yeah, and tried to touch him. And then Marcus was like, no. And then the guy became angry and then literally Marcus ran out of the house and he got home. And Alex was like, how did you get home? He was like, how did you work? And I'm so happy that Alex was asking these questions because you never want to doubt anyone's story and I very much believe that this happened. But like for Alex to ask me, how did you you get home? Like, I assume, I don't know why in my head, like they live in Hertfordshire or something, yeah. (laughs) But like, they don't live in London. They probably live close enough that she's driving here regularly to be a Yeah, 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 she does. So, um... I was happy that Alex asked, like, oh my, like, how did you get back? And he was able to be like, yeah, like, I bumped train. Obviously, back then, it wasn't yeah. the same as now with Oyster cards and that. Mm. So he was able to get home. Which I is actually wild. Google. Imagine that journey home. Yeah, it's not far at all. So it? basically, home counties is a word. Oh, is that the name of the place? No, it's a word for counties of England that surround London. So when they said that, it actually was quite good because they weren't being specific so it's easy either like probably Buckingham, within the m25 yeah buckinghamshire surrey berkshire essex hertfordshire kent so yeah. it was probably was hertfordshire because they sounded londonish in my head i was like this is hertfordshire yeah yeah when they all London. sound londonish though yeah 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 because he was like he got on the tube and then he got on the train and so that's like any of those places you go on the underground to like euston or king's cross or whatever and yeah. then you get on the train but even to know like um how to get back that's so crazy. 
back like, then. Like, even to know but at Just 14. the trauma of, like, oh, my goodness, like, mm. this is, this, like, anyway, it's just wild. It's just wild. But, yeah, he makes it home. Yeah. And so we're drawing to an end now. And basically he says he ran away, got home. Next day, and Alex was like, oh, so what did, like, what happened? What did mummy say? And he was like, <laughs> then mum saw them at breakfast and she was shocked. She looked at him, he looked at her. Kind of like that Diddy and um, mm-hmm. whatever give. Mm-hmm. And but a lot more insidious. Literally, they said nothing to each other and it just never happened again. She just never took I just him. don't understand those families where, like, just things just are not... Like, you literally dropped me off to be raped, yeah? And we just and don't talk about it. You were on your way to come and pick me up, but you saw that I was already here. Did mm. you... She probably called the man and was like, talk, spoke to the artist guy and, and found out from then. Because... But what annoyed me was they didn't name and shame. Name and fucking yeah. shame. Yeah. Like, all yeah. this, like, oh, like, an artist. Yeah. That they... Don't say that. He's probably dead. That pedo... So they should have definitely named and shamed. What yeah, that pedophile was running around, like, or was for many years cock in hand like destroying other people's lives name and fucking shame all this like for me i will name and shame abusers like agreed to be honest even if you did name and shame i'm sure that the the documentarians wouldn't have put it in there because it's them that would now get sued (laughs) i guess because it's um, and netflix didn't have allowed that so yeah so the documentary is drawing to an end now and you know the boys are just hugging it out and crying and all that stuff and it basically ends with like this view of the house and as they're going around the grounds, Alex basically says There is no way for me to repay him for what he's done. And there is no words I can say to him. But he knows. And that's enough. It's over. Finally. And we move on. So it was a very nice ending, you know. It was, yeah. It was it was a great documentary. So before we get into what I want to know, what I not want to know, or would we want to know, would we not want to know, um, here are some things the documentary actually missed out that I think would have been really good for the understanding. If you'd never heard of their story before, mm-hmm. it would be really, really good. Um, the twin siblings, so they had other siblings, which is, wasn't just two of them. They had other siblings. They had other siblings. And I don't know why the documentary left this out. Maybe they didn't, Maybe want, they to didn't want to be part in of it. it. Yeah, but... Um, they had other siblings. So Alex and Marcus had two younger siblings, Oliver and Amanda, and they were also part of the story. Were they twins? Or they no, were they were siblings. Okay. And um, when he started to question his family post-accident um, kind of thing, um, in the book they kind of explore more about the relationship with the siblings. And he was also struck by the fact that he was the only one out of the four siblings that cried when his mother died. And that's when he started to be like, something is Oh, so none of them Mm -hmm. cried. Um, They don't know if Amanda was subject to their mother's abuse, but um, they think it was Oliver, definitely was. And Mm -hmm. he spent most of his childhood thinking it was just him that was subject to that. And I'd be interested to know if those other two lived in the house. Yeah, Um, or the shed, because how big was the shed? Yeah. So their father actually died when they were born. The man who raised them wasn't their dad. He was uh, their stepdad. So the guy who died in the documentary is their stepdad. Yeah, he wasn't their dad. And he was extremely abusive. So again, I wish it went more into detail with this because although Mm -hmm. he wasn't sexually abusive, he was very emotionally abusive. He used to call them dim and stupid. And they both have, I think it's, they're dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So he used to call them stupid um they even said in the documentary he would like bang the table and raise his voice a lot yeah yeah he was very abusive towards them and had a lot of disdain towards them so 
and their, their actual biological father died when they were three days old in a car crash and sometimes when stuff like this happens you just wonder like how different their lives might have been if their actual father was still alive yeah but then also their mother was their mother and she would play a massive part in this so yeah but if somebody was there to check her that actually cared about them maybe they would have been removed from her I mean, care. I get what you mean, but, like, you can check people with, like, an attitude. You can't check pedophiles. Like, they are literally, like... No, I'm more speaking from the sense of them being removed from her care because the dad oh, okay. didn't... The stepdad didn't even care enough to know yeah, what the fuck to, she yeah. was doing with them. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Which makes sense because people always say, like, there's an abusive parent. Mm-hmm. Like, how is the other parent not aware of it or at least suspecting mm-hmm, of it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if that... Maybe if those were his, his biological kids, he may have cared a little bit more. Exactly. But then also, maybe not, so... Because yeah. it's just... For me, it's just shocking that, like, he had no clue what was going on. This woman was bringing these kids into the bed but yeah. i guess if they're sleeping in separate if wings it's east wing and west know, wing yeah fam, exactly. who's gonna know so um jill was a debutante so jill is their mother and and she was distantly related to the british prime minister clement attill um or atley yeah i think it's atley yeah, i don't know um, that and that's why she had a lot of high profile friends um and basically, after her second marriage, she had a psychotic episode, which led in a sick sexual awakening. And the twins were put into a care home for a bit while she was having, like, various affairs. And Marcus basically says in, like, a publication that like, she wasn't depressed. She was out shagging, drinking and par- partying. I was very upset. She so callously abandoned us so she couldn't mm-hmm. get on with her lifestyle. And, yeah, I... I I know from like stuff I've read that there are like some um like psychotic breaks that result in hypersexuality. Mm-hmm. So that's not abnormal to me, but I hundred percent do not believe they actually I was watching this documentary where this woman had like um a brain tumour and then mm-hmm. she became hypersexual and she started sleeping with like her students. And yeah, then- that can happen. And then once the brain tumour was removed, she was yeah, absolutely fine. fine. And there's, funny same, there's enough, been a similar story with a, a, a guy who's a, who was a paedophile. He's like, he's, all of a sudden, he was like, I'm starting to have these urges towards kids. Yeah. He had a brain tumour. They took it out. He was fine. And then he started to have the urges again. And then the brain tumour came that. back. And funnily enough, that woman, when they took hers out, she was fine. And also, sorry, funnily enough, this woman died of a brain tumour. Oh, yeah. True. So I'm not trying to make excuses, but I do wonder, like, if... Mm-hmm, whether this, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. Um... And then also, this is the part about the money that they left out that I think would have been really, really good. So the kids or the twins always, the twins grew up thinking their family didn't have any money because they couldn't do much um, and they were never given nice things and they didn't have gifts and shit. And then when their mother died, the twins discovered that she had been hoarding monies left by her relatives. So literally she just would not give them things that they needed but literally, they they literally, she had millions. Like, according to the bank, they had never seen so much money in a current account as what she, like as the amount she had. So she had loads of money that she was hoarding around the house, and she just. Wouldn't. I hope they got that money when she died. Obviously, they. I mean, I don't know. They had other siblings. Yeah, exactly. So this is what I mean about the depths of her wickedness. Like, yeah, it she wasn't them. Yeah, she hated them. That's why I believe she separated them, um, and it also wasn't Alex that um, discovered the naked picture. It was Oliver. And I'm not even sure it was Marcus that told me about the piece. I think Oliver must have mentioned something. Like, I believe what happened is Oliver found a picture when Alex was about. Alex was like, what the fuck is this? And Oliver was like, yeah, mate, like, mum was abusive. Yeah. And then he went to Marcus for confirmation, which, again, I wish they had elaborated on because it would have made more mm. sense. So I guess they wouldn't have been able to if the other two didn't want to be in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So um, that's basically it. Um, so would you want to know? Would no. Would you have wanted to know if you were Alex? I wouldn't have wanted to know and I would have See, understood I would have wanted knowing. to know. And it doesn't matter which part of the story it was and how much information I knew. If the if the the facts of the of the story are you were abused as a child, you have an accident, you forget all about it, would you want to be reminded of that? My answer would be no. I think Marcus did the exact right thing. And I think that even though it took him a long time to, to disclose like the details of the abuse to Alex, like I think that he was also right in doing so because Alex mm-hmm. also has a right to know if he wants to know. But mm-hmm. I can understand Marcus's like need to be like, listen, I still carry this with me and it mm-hmm. is shit. If there is especially, a way, like you've been given this second chance to not know about this, why am I going to mess that up? Why am I going to Yeah, especially it when, when the brother is already dealing with so many things emotionally, like because of his memory loss, that brings like a lot of stuff on its own. Like Definitely. He, but even, he even still, sp- I would be like, mm, it's fine. I don't care if he had it. If that was the only thing that he'd forgotten and he had the rest of his memory, I'd have been like, listen... Like, so wait, you're saying you would want to know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, would, no. I wouldn't want to know. Yeah, because no. you were saying that because he has other things that he's dealing with. I said even if he had his memory and the only yeah, thing that he had yeah, forgotten yeah, yeah. was that, I still would have been like, listen, yeah, bro, no. I don't want to know. I'm it's fine. Let know. me. Ignorance is bliss. I'm yeah. telling you. There's zero reason like that. And what he said about it being a gift is it absolutely was a gift. Like God has yeah. literally come and said, this pain and suffering you're dealing with, let Erase. me wipe it from you. From you. Like he erased that. that shit. Like he could have. He could have gotten his memory back and everything, but he erased that shit. Even till now, he doesn't have his memory back. Like, he could have erased all of that. Yeah, he would have never known. He would have never known. Fam, but I think it makes a lot more sense that. now, especially because of the other siblings and the gaps in the story and stuff. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so that's us. That's that. So, um, guys, it's time for a uh, new segment called... The Real Crime, I Think was the beard. So, friends, to you, what was the real crime here? It was the beard. Like, literally, you look at your identical twin. He has facial hair. He looks good. He is a salt and pepper zaddy. No, then how is that the and crime? And you, every day, you pick up the shaving tools and you shave off what God has added oh, to you. so the crime was the lack of the beard. It was the lack Alex's of the behalf. beard. Fair. And it's agreed. like you have somebody like I sometimes I want to try different things and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this will look good on me. You have oh, somebody this, who's trying to suit me with this, da da da. Fam, you've got somebody who's trying to suit me. have to pick up the weight as well, I reckon. A lot of it I think is the weight as well I, as the beard. I think it's more like I think anybody that facial hair will add that je ne sais quoi. Yeah, especially the salt and pepper vibes because of the age oh. they are, yeah, it's true. That's that was true. the crime. That definitely was, definitely was. I'm mean, obviously in all seriousness, I do think another crime, or the real the realest of crimes here was the friends. Yeah. Because like you're actually a shit person because mm-hmm. like someone could come to you and say, like, "Oh yeah." But first of all, how did that conversation even come how about? How do you identify pedophiles? Like, do you, right. you like maybe they have a, like a radar, like maybe yeah, they... or a sign they make yeah. like crypt yeah, sign. Like a, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think that that because it's one thing for someone. It's like one thing for someone to say, "Yeah, let's go and do this bad thing," yeah. and for you to co-sign it. Now there's two of you doing the bad thing. Yeah, because you could have been like, "Are you crazy? Let me call social services because clearly yeah. you're a mad person." Yeah. So that, to me, was, like, the the realest of yeah, crimes. Like, I'm so was. sorry. Yeah. Jokes aside, that was the... Yeah, honestly. Yeah. What a sick world we live in, man. Honestly. It was a really good documentary, though. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. I think it was great that they were able to kind of, like, you know, come out and say the things that they wanted to say mm-hmm. in the way they wanted to say them. Um, but, yeah, guys, what are we doing next, sis? Why do you bother asking me? Just say I'm it. I'm actually asking this time because I don't even remember which one we actually oh, okay. decided let me go on to the what's of the apps let me let me oh the that. inside britain's kidnap gangs and there we have it yeah inside britain's kidnap gangs yeah i didn't know there were kidnap gangs i reckon they're not whenever they have these things on just gangs everyday gang gang i'm just like 
they're, they're interviewing like anyway we'll get into it next week um i'm gonna play the trailer at the end um so you guys can have a little sneak preview it's on bbc iplayer if you want to do your homework and watch it before uh in the meantime between time where can they find us you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook at Two Girls One Doc and YouTube. I'm gonna and update YouTube. all the new oh, yes, videos yes, on yes, there yes. soon. Um, also, you can email us at Two Girls One Doc at gmail dot com. Yeah. That's it, guys. Right? Yeah, send us like comments, just yeah, things questions, or questions, or just like anonymously. You can just send us like stories as well. Yeah. I know yeah, it sounds weird, us... but you can send us, like, random crazy shit. There's anything. Just communicate, interact with yeah. us, like... You can send us, like, um, uh, suggestions for documentaries you want us mm, to do. Yeah. You can send us things about, you know, what you like, what you don't like, what you're looking forward to, that mm. kind of stuff. Um, you can also review us on Apple Podcasts as well. You can send us DMs telling us what you think. If we get enough of those, we can actually just do a credits episode, reading Reading them, yeah. So, you know, let us know. Speak to us. We are friendly babes. We really mm. are, even though we're from London. We are very friendly babes. Very friendly so, babes. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's any bloopers. I feel like we haven't had bloopers in a while. And I think that's because we're still doing our COVID recordings. But whenever we're in person, we'll be able to get some um. We did chat a lot of shit at the friends. beginning. So we did, wanna... yeah, but it wasn't recording, was it? Mine was. Oh, shit. Anyway, um, I'm going to play the trailer for Inside Britain's Kidnap Gangs. And we will see you next week. Toodles. Bye. UK gangs are using a new brutal tactic, kidnapping. I meet the young victims forced to hand over cash or face the consequences. Oh my goodness, your head! Bloody hell, man. Kidnapping in the UK used to be mainly a gang on gang crime. But now, one in five kidnapped victims are innocent civilians. I got bungled into a car. They tied my hands together, my legs together. Shoved a gun in my mouth, cocked it in my mouth. I come face to face with the kidnap gangs who target members of the public. Get somebody to watch the house. Get me to and I speak exclusively to the head of Britain's anti-kidnap police. We live in a covert, a secret world. If we get it wrong, someone is going to die. I was talking about <laughs> you with one of our mutual friends yesterday. He came to the house. Oh, um, cute. Oh, yeah, he was literally just saying, we were literally just saying about how, yeah, you are definitely going to look. He was like, yeah, there'll be 10 men at your wedding. I was like, I know. Yeah. I was like, I'm working. Including I'm working. Me and him. I'm literally working on a different narrative. I said, you can watch keep this space. Too. Watch this space. Okay. You can do a surprise wedding because that's the only way. <laughs> <laughs>